Good morning. Happy New Year. Here we are in 2021. We can give glory to God. We can praise God because he is worthy of all praise. Glory to God. Hallelujah. How awesome it is. How awesome he is that we're here in 2021 and going forward. And this is going to be a good 21 and 22 because of our father and because of how much he loves us. So we can be excited about the word of God. We can be excited about our life. We can be excited about everything because of him, because he is God who is our father. How awesome is that? Glory be to God. So I welcome you. Welcome you again. Thank you for joining us. Um, God is good. He is always good. Hallelujah. We thank God for Jesus. We thank him for his precious Holy Spirit. And we thank you again for being here. We look forward to coming to you. We look forward to you joining us. It's, it's, it's because you love Jesus. We love Jesus. And we thank Jesus. Glory be to God. I'm going to... Um, I'm going to read this. We do this. We've been doing this for a number of weeks, manifesting God's glory. And pastor, when he's teaching us, he's telling us, you know, we look for the glory of God in some mystical way that we want to see something out of the ordinary, that we want to see something that's physical in his glory. But in manifesting God's glory, we want our life to manifest the glory of God. So how does our life Manifest the glory of God. So if you, I'm going to read this, and you can either repeat it loud, out loud or just say it, you know, internally. But listen to these words, please. And this is manifesting God's glory in our life. Every decision I make will either glorify me or glorify God. It will be based on his opinion or mine. It will either take me to the limits of what I can produce or what he can produce. If I want the outcome God promises, I must make all my decisions based on his motive, which is love. God's motive is love. Isn't that awesome? His wisdom, which is his word as Jesus taught it, glory be to God. His power, which always manifests in those who trust in him. His power always manifests in those who trust in him. And we are a people, his people, and we trust in him. All of our trust is in him, glory be to God for every aspect of our life, our family, for generations, future generations, we trust in him. So with that being said, again, I say, Happy New Year. 2021 is going to be great. And Pastor is coming to bring the word of God. Glory be to God. Good morning. Thank you, Hi, sweetheart. Baby. Good morning. I'm Thank leaving. you. Uh, bye. <laughs> <laughs> well, glory to God. Here we are again. And uh, uh, it's just awesome. Amen. It's just a beautiful thing to be able to stand here before you, healthy, uh, excited, and love. I'm in love with Jesus. He's in love with me. I'm in love with my wife. I'm in love with my family. I'm in love with my, all of you because of the love of God, his manifested love. Remember the scripture says, we love him because he first loved us. Aren't you glad that Jesus loved you? Aren't you glad that he loved you so much that he gave the very, very best that he had? You know, reconciliation. He made an exchange. Listen to this. I want you to get this. It would be hard for the natural mind to get this, but I want you to work with me on this. Meaning... Meaning that he made an exchange for something of equal value. God valued you and I the same way he valued his son, 
Jesus Christ. Amen. And he gave his son because he says, uh, I am giving something uh, for something of equal value. And I know it's hard to wrap your head around that because, you know, your lifestyle, your past has, has uh, kept you at bay and, and continues to keep a lot of us at bay. But I'm here to tell you, in God's eyes, you have no past. Amen. You have no past. Your past has been wiped out. Glory to God. And God doesn't want you looking back. You know, you notice how sometimes, you know, people uh, unwittingly will always want to bring up your past. Or they always want to talk about a past that you and they may have had together. Well, some things that you did together in the past. And sometimes, you know, hopefully we all got to the point, you know, I don't like talking about it. And, and, and most of all, I don't, like, I don't like looking back. Now, there, there are things that we look back to and say, you know, I thank God I've been delivered from that. But once you've known you've been delivered from that, you know, we should be thanking him anyway. Every day for, you know, yes, we were there, we went to that. Then he delivered us from that. He's taken us away from that, that uh, you know, from those situations, those things that were detrimental, those things that were deadly to us, those things that cause us to walk in defeat. He's taken those things away. He's defeated those things for us. Glory to God. He said we were valuable. He said he wanted to give us a new life. He wanted to give us his life. The same life that his son Jesus Christ had. You know, Scripture says that, that we're children. And if children, then heirs. And if heirs, are heirs of God, right? And join heirs with Jesus Christ. What does that tell you? Uh, I, we want to wait to heaven to get that one, right? I want to live it right now. I want to experience it right now. I, and God wants you. He wants you and I. He wants every, he wants every living human to experience his life. And he wants you and I to experience it now in this earth. He's not a God that says, well, I'm going to put these things off, these blessings off for you. No, he says, I want you to experience it right now. Yeah. Yeah. I always go back to, I love to look at Romans chapter 5 and verse 17. I, you know, some of you all heard me uh, uh, minister this over and over again. I know one time I had a I had someone says, well, uh, Pastor, all he does is just teach the same old thing over and over again. Well, I'll tell you something. If he had gotten it, he'd have never said it. <laughs> Amen. It would become real to him. He would never said it. Uh, amen. Sometimes we need to hear these things over and over again. And we need to know that God wants us to live and to rule and reign in this life. And he says here in, first, uh, in Romans chapter 5, verse 17, he says, for if by one man's offense, death reigned. You know what I like about this? When it, you know, when it mentions this, death reigned, it doesn't mean that everybody just died. It means that you were living in a dead state. And that means that you were living under a cursed state. It means that death reigned and the results of death reigned in your life. Poverty, sickness, and disease, defeat. Chaos in your mind, confusion, lack in every area of your life, weakness, weakness. Those are the things that reign in your life. He said, boy, by one man's offense, death reign, these things reign, much more they which receive abundance of grace, an abundance meaning more than you could ever imagine or need. An abundance of grace. Enough grace to help you to be victorious over everything and in every situation. We don't want to, you know, it's important to understand grace is favor. 
But it's more important to understand it's not just favor. You know, in the Old Testament, men had favor upon them. But we have not just favor, we have ability. God's ability, God's grace, his ability working in us to produce enough us what we couldn't produce for ourselves. Glory to God. Hallelujah. An abundance of grace. God's ability, God's strength, God's capacity working in us to move us forward to live in this life that we now have in Christ Jesus. You know, we're, at, we're without excuse. We are without excuse because he's given us an abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness. The free gift of righteousness, meaning that this gift is free and you can't earn it. And thank God you couldn't earn it because you, if you earned it, then you'd still be living and working and operating and moving in your own strengths. It's a free gift. You couldn't earn it. You received the life of Christ. It was free. It was in the believing. It was in the asking. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Let me go on here. He says, so for by one man's offense, death reigned by one. We know who that was. Satan. No, no, Adam. Much more they which received the abundance of grace. And the gift of righteousness shall reign. Not when we get to heaven. Jesus is going to reign. We're going to reign. We're going to live in victory. We're going to live in health. We're going to live in strength. We're going to live in peace. We're going to live and be wrapped up and saturated in his love. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Much more. They which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one. And who is that one? Jesus Christ. We reign the same way we were defeated and we're suffering the death and the results of death by one. We now reign and we have victory. We reign when? In life, that's what it says, in this life, in life, by one. And who is that one? Jesus Christ. We reign. Everybody say, I reign in this life by one Jesus Christ. If you're a believer, you should be able to say that. I don't care if you're by yourself, if you're around people, that should be your testimony. I reign in this life. I have an abundance of grace, and I have the gift of righteousness. That means that I have the life of God and the life in the nature, the eternal life of God on me. I am living in eternal life right now. Right now. Right now, that should be your testimony. You should be serious about that thing this morning. You should be willing to profess that thing this morning. You know, the one that needs to hear that more than anybody else is the adversary himself. He needs to hear that testimony out of your mouth. See, he knows who you are, but he doesn't want you to know who you are so that he can still be the main influence in your life. So he can wreck you and cause you to live in a condition that you've been delivered from. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. See, there are those of us, when we look back, when we start looking back at our past, when we start looking at the things we used to do, you see, and those things, all of a sudden, they begin to look enticing. Or they begin to bring condemnation, which you've already been delivered from. Condemnation is a believer's worst enemy. It's not your sin, it's the condemnation that is the worst because you'll have no confidence towards God. And the scripture says over in Hebrews chapter 6, the day that cometh to God must first believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So if you feel like that you've been, you've been living outside of the will of God, you know, we say sin for a believer is living beneath your righteousness, is living beneath who you are in Christ Jesus, then, then, and you'll get there. I don't care how you try. I don't care how you just say, well, I, I got the grace of God. Yeah, that is, you don't believe it anyway. You have no confidence towards God because you, like most others in this natural, are, are, are judgment-minded. 
So you believe you deserve punishment. So you have no confidence towards God. You think you should be punished. You know, that's what the prodigal son thought. When he left home and did all the things that he did and he came back home because he was in a mess, and I'm paraphrasing, I'm just kind of moving along quickly. He came back and he said he had already had a game plan. He already knew what he was going to say to his father. And he went and told his father, basically, I messed up, and I'm sorry, and you know, like I said, now don't, I'm not going, I can go to the scripture and get it, but I'm telling you what he said. And his father didn't say a word. What did his father do say? Uh, get his robe. Get his robe. He said, put the ring back, put the ring on his finger. His father didn't say, he didn't say, get on your knees. He didn't say beg him. His, his response was, get his robe. Get his ring. My son has come home. He's come home. Kill the fatted calf. Let's have a feast. Hallelujah. Kill the fatted calf. Let's have a feast. Let's celebrate. My son has come home. And he has taken his rightful place. He did not get a demotion. God never wants condemnation to keep you at bay. He doesn't want you to look back. God wants you to look forward. You look back into your past. And don't let people do that to you. You know, it's so funny. You know, God elevates you. He's moving you on. And, then, and, and you know, and God's doing great things in your life. He's doing ministry in your life. Heck, the atmosphere changes when you come around because you're a carrier of the life and the glory of God. And the atmosphere begins to change. And then you can go home. You can go on back home, go into your hometown. And you walk up into your hometown. And the people that knew you say, oh, that's just Marlo. And I remember what he used to do. And he ain't all that in the bowl of grits. And I remember he did this, and I remember he did that, named that, named that. Look, I, never mind that. I know who I am. I know who I am, glory to God. I know what Jesus did for me. I know what I have accepted. I am not going to reduce and, and step on what Jesus did for me, in me, and through me, glory to God. Just because you want to be miserable. Just because you want to pull me back. Just because you want to hold me down. I ain't going to do it. No, sir. I am going to, if I look back, when I begin to look back, I'm going to look back when Jesus says, I'm going to send one to save you. I'm going to send one to help you in Genesis chapter 3.15 when he told Satan, uh-uh, I'm going to put enmity between you and the woman, between your senior, and I'm going to, and I, I he's going to bruise your head and and you'll bruise his heel. Or I'm going to look back when God was so merciful. I'm going to look back when God was so merciful to Adam and Eve that after they had fell, after they had sinned, after they began to feel hopeless, after they were in fear, and they began to, and they were in shame, and, 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 and they were afraid, and, and they wrapped themselves with leaves, God said, no, you can't do it. He says, I am going to wrap you in a robe of righteousness. Glory to God. And he, which he did, which he, what did he do? He shed his blood for him. And he clothed them in animal skins. What you're trying to do on your own, you can't do. What Adam and Eve were trying to do, to, they were sorry for it. They, they, they recognized that Adam lost the very presence of the Most High God. He had broken the fellowship with the Father. But he said, the Father said, I'm going to restore you. And I'm going to see myself, and I want you to see, God wants you to see yourself that way. That you've been restored as you've accepted the payment that he made. You've accepted the payment that he made to pay the debt that was owned, that was owed to the universe. The universe was crying out for retribution. Do you know what happened to this world through what Adam and Eve did, became cursed. Huh? Amen. Glory to God. I'm going to be reminded that God said, I don't want you in that state. 
that God said, I so love the God, the word says that God so loved the world. Let's just, just go read the whole verse of scripture, not part of it. John chapter 3. And let's read what God said. Let's read what, what the word says about it. John 3, 16. This is what he said about you and me. He said, for God, uh, let me go to 15 because I love that. Let me go to 14. My, 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 preach to read the whole Bible here. He says that Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, and even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. The Son of Man be lifted up. Even so must Jesus be lifted up. Must Jesus should be lifted up in your life every day. Jesus should be lifted up among your circumstances. Jesus should be lifted up among your failure. Jesus should be lifted up when you're weak. Jesus should be lifted up at all times and often and always in your life. And he says, for God so loved certain people, certain groups, certain religions, just a few of us. No. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him should not perish, should not perish, but have everlasting life. And that perish means he won't even he won't perish in this earth. He won't suffer the consequences. He doesn't have to suffer sin and the results of sin. Because this Savior, this Savior, this Savior has brought a complete and a finished. He has paid a complete and, and he finished it. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He's made us whole. He's made us whole. And he says, for, 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 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who, uh, whosoever, 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 whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. Oh, that'd be, that, that right there would help you. He didn't send Jesus here to condemn you. He said, God sent not his son in, into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Let's camp out right there for a minute. That he might be saved. Sozo. That he might receive salvation. Salvation meaning the God kind of life. The God quality of life. Not just not going to hell. Thank God you're not going to go to hell. But he's going to lift you up and he's going to raise you up. And like the prodigal son, he's going to restore you. And he's going to put you in your rightful place in the kingdom of the Most High God. In the family of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He that believeth in verse 18 on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not, he that believeth not is condemned already. You live in the condemned condemnation. There's no there, oh 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 let me finish reading this. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son. He's condemned already. He's condemned already. Because he doesn't believe in Jesus Christ. The one who willingly paid, paid the price for him. The, the one who willingly wanted to restore him and bring him into the family of God. He's condemned already. In the book of Acts chapter 4 verse 12. The script Peter told the Jews, he says, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given amongst men. Whereby we must be saved. Whereby we can receive eternal life. Whereby we can receive the God quality of life. Whereby, whereby we can walk in the victory that Jesus won for us. Whereby the chains can, be, can fall off of us. Where we can be, be uh, 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 we can be, uh, we lose the shackles that held us bound to our flesh and bound to the sin of the world. 
Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given amongst men, whereby we, we must be saved. If we keep looking back, our past will pull on us. Our past will keep us in condemnation. Our past will keep us weakened. Our past will keep us in confusion. Our past will cause us to have doubt and unbelief. Our past will bring condemnation upon us. You know, I told this story many times. We used to do a Thursday morning Bible study uh, in an apartment complex that we used to live in. And uh, in that complex, uh, there was mostly seniors. And we had one 15-year-old boy uh, that would come, and we had one 15-year-old boy who was homeschooled, so he would come to Bible study. And then the rest were people, I think the youngest besides me and the brother, uh, Brother James, who used to go with me to Bible study, and my wife, uh, Pastor Praline, I think the youngest person was probably like 79 years old. And they went from 79 uh, there were several of them. There were several, several people. They were mostly women. And from 79 up to like 93, 94 years old. And I had one sweet 98, uh, I'm sorry, 91 or 92 year old woman. And she says to me, um, when we were talking, and, uh, and I said, man, when you get to heaven, when you die, you're going to go to heaven. You're going to be in the presence of God forever. And she says, uh, you can't say that. Now this young lady said, this woman said she had been serving God since she was a little girl her whole life. She says, I always did things right. She says, I've been serving God my whole life. And, uh, and uh, when, I, when I die, I stand before him. I, he's going to judge me. I don't know if I'm going to go to heaven. Bless her heart. She lived in condemnation all those years. She lived in fear that she wasn't good enough. And that's what he wants you to do. And when we finish with her, we finish with Bible study, months and months later, maybe even years later, she said, I'm, I know where I'm going when I die. She had confidence towards God because she had heard the word, not one that kept her bound, but one who recognized whom the Son has made free is free indeed. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm praying. Our prayer, one of the things that we're going to be praying constantly every day and often is that we don't walk in our past, is that believers don't walk in their past, but they would look to what Jesus has already done for them. Can you imagine? I'm going to turn over to Matthew chapter 26, and we're going to go on a little journey here. Hallelujah. In Matthew chapter 26, I'm going to start at verse 36, and this is a picture of when Jesus went into the garden of Gethsemane. And then comes Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane. And says unto his disciples, he says, Sit here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and uh, the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith him unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. He said, Tarry here, wait here, and watch with me. And he went a little further. And he fell on his face, and he prayed, saying, Oh, my father. He said, If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And cometh, and he cometh unto his disciples and findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he came and he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed a third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand. And the Son of Man has been betrayed, have been betrayed 
into the hands of sinners. Rise and let us be gone, be going. Behold, he is at hand that does betray me. Now watch, I want to say something to you here. Notice what he said. He went back and he prayed. He says, he said, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. However, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus had connected. Jesus knew when he came here why he came here. And he knew what he would suffer. But he said, Father, if there's any other way, it wasn't based on fear. It was based on his love for the Father. It was based on his, on his being a son. It was based on him being God in the flesh. For you and me. And it's hard for us to comprehend what this meant to Jesus. It's hard for us to, to understand what he was dealing with and what he was going through. See, he understood a number of things. It was more than separation from his father for these three days and three nights. He understood that he was to partake of spiritual death. The very same thing that we had been delivered from. That he was delivering us from. He was the thing that we would have to suffer if he didn't suffer for us. That he would, that he would, he was to partake of spiritual death. And he was to be a partaker of the very nature of the adversary. What a stench that must have been in him. Many say, and, and I believe, that this pain that he was suffering in the Garden of Gethsemane was worse than what he suffered on the cross. Jesus knew he was going to suffer these things. His body would become as a mortal. He would have to pay the debt to sin as you and I as mortals would have had to pay. He had to pay, make the same payment that, that we would have had to make. Remember, he had a body like Adam. It was sinless like Adam had in the beginning. It was sinless. It was perfect. It was without sickness. It was without disease. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He knew that Satan would become his master. Jesus was to suffer the agony that those that are lost would suffer. He was to be counted among the transgressors. He would bear the diseases and the sin of the human race. No wonder he suffered. No wonder he bled. There were drops of blood coming from him. The agony and the torture that he would suffer. And then we know, you know the awesome thing about it though? If you look here, in verse, 40, in verse 46, he said, Rise and let us be going. Behold, he is that hand that does betray me. Now listen to this. Now he's getting ready to go to trial. So he goes to trial. When he goes in trial, when he goes before the Sanhedrin, and then when he goes before uh, Pilate, he goes there as a king. There was no fear. There was no doubt. He knew. Why? Because he had locked in and tied in to his father's will. His father's will, he became obedient to his father's will that was greater than anything that he would experience. Because he knew, because he was obedient to the will of the father, that his father, as he delivered us, would deliver him. Glory, Glory to God. But the fact that, that I have to be like a common man and come under the same subjection to the adversary, to Satan, as a man would do uh, if, if he didn't know God, if he didn't know me as his Savior. I mean, that was painful. That was horrendous. On top of the fact that he would be separated from his father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He couldn't even call him father at that point. He couldn't call him father at that point. He said, my God, my God, 
Why have you forsaken me? Forsaken me? You remember all we could ever call God. Uh, what we called God before Jesus died was God, Jehovah God. But now, because of what Jesus did, we call Him Father. We call him Father. He doesn't want us looking back. He wants us to see him as Father. He wants us to line up with his will. He wants you in 2021 and to the rest of the time that you're on the face of this earth, he wants you to line up what, with his will. You see, when you, when, when you become a born-again believer, your desire, is, your desire is, is to find out what the will of the Father is. What does the Father love and what does the Father hate? If you're living in, in your life in, as something or doing things that the Father hates, and what you've done, you've come into the family through Jesus Christ as though it's fire insurance. I'm going to live this way. I'm going to remain the same, but I'm going to be forgiven for all the mucky muck. No, you, that is not what God had planned for you. That is not the life to God. So, so, so now you're saying, I want to live this life as a natural man that is saved. That's not going to go to hell. It hasn't been about your life changing, reflecting the love and the power and the ability of God working in you and through you to transform you into the likeness of his dear son. That you would look like him wherever you go. That you would be willing to do his will. That you want to grow up and that you want to experience all of the blessing of God. Because all of his blessings are what? They are yes and they are amen. But I want to be me. I want to remain the same. I want to do the things I've always done. I, but I'm forgiven. I heard a minister say, that's fire insurance. We don't want to live according to fire insurance. We want to live according to his will. You know, Pastor Perling read this thing. We read this often. We read this. I'll try to remember to read it almost every Sunday and to get uh, our, our family's church family to, uh, to profess it. And I'm going to read it again. It's every decision I make will either glorify me or glorify God. How are you going to glorify God if you're trying to glorify yourself doing things that are unpleasing to him? I know you don't like this conversation, but it's too bad. You might just turn it off. My decisions are going to be based on my opinion, the way I see things, the way the world system is teaching me and show me, or the way he says it is in his word. His opinion of mine. And it's going to take me to the limits of what I can produce. You're going to live a counterfeit, defeated life. Or what he can produce, which is going to cause me to live a, a holy life. What does it mean to be a holy life? One that's unique. One that's uncommon. Yeah. One that exceeds what the natural man can do. Yeah. Yeah. Or what he can produce. Yes. If I want the outcome that God promises, then I must make all my decisions based on his motive, which is love. Which is love. His wisdom, which is his word, as Jesus taught his power, which always manifests in those that trust him. Glory to God. So I want his will for my life. In 2021, I want to, I want to, continually seek out the will of God for my life, for our church, for our family, and on and on and on. I want everything to be influenced and, and, and to be embraced and to be uh, 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 just empowered by his view and his opinion. We must seek out the will of God for our lives. I'm going to say this because I am so big on family. I'm so big, and God is so big on family. He loves family. Yeah. 
And God hates a counterfeit who will come in to destroy a family. God hates a counterfeit. God hates when, when, when the enemy will use people to come in to try to separate and to destroy, his fam to destroy families. He hates that. He doesn't like it. He doesn't love it because he put, he said, what well, God put together, let no man put asunder. It starts with the husband and the wife, and he wants you together, and he wants you as one. But he also expects you to trust him. If he said, if he puts you together, he trusts, he wants you to trust him to make sure that thing is stay strong. You gotta keep him in the middle of it so he can keep it strong, so he can work in it. Because he wants he wants to work in you and your spouse. He wants to work in your children. He wants to protect your children and work in them. He wants them to grow up. Listen, the public school system should not. The public school system should be educating and preparing them for a career, yes. But they should not be their moral fiber. Because there is very little moral fiber. You should get your morality from God's word and his truth and his reality. And I'm, I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, if you're not serving God or if you're serving God, and you're not taking your children to church, you're not putting the word in them. You know, people say, I want prayer in school, prayer in school. I want prayer in the house. Because I don't know what them people are going to have them praying. I want them to be able, yes, the prayer that they learned in the home, the prayer that they learned in the church. I want them to be able in school to go and have that time and to pray those prayers. But I don't want outsiders influencing my kids, my grandkids, well, my grandkids now, uh, on prayer. I want prayer in the school. You're religious. You're religious. Be spiritual and put the prayer in your home. Be spiritual and put prayer in your home. Stop looking back. Look forward. Look at all of the promises of God you have in the they're there, they're yours. We're not walking them in all, so we in all of them. So we need to walk forward. We need to trust God and we need to see God and we need to be like Jesus who said if he can take his whole life, if he can die for you and I, if he can suffer the things. You see, this is a greater sacrifice than we could ever imagine because from whence he come and from whom he was. And he wants you and I to be obedient to his will. What is his will for our lives? How do we gain it? How do we walk in it? He's never asked you and I to do something that he hasn't given us the ability to do. Yes. What he needs is our hearts. Yes. What he needs is our hearts. He doesn't need more religious people. No. He needs people that are spiritual. Mm. We have the presence we are the temple of the Most High God. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. What comes out of us should be what comes out of the kingdom of the Most High God. We can't afford to just be, get saved for fire insurance. We're atmosphere changers. We're atmosphere changers. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's look over at 1 John. Chapter 1, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 3. 1 John, chapter 1, I'm going to read a couple of verses, and then uh, we'll be done here. 1 John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. 1 John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life, of the word, of the word of life. I love that. Of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and show unto you eternal life. What we, we bear and we witness and we show eternal life unto you, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us, which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us, 
And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. God wants to become obedient to his word. God wants us to have fellowship with each other. He wants us to have fellowship with the Son. And we all have fellowship together with the Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Do you believe it this morning? Amen. Is this your reality this morning? Hallelujah. John chapter 10, verse 17 and 18. John chapter 10, verse 17 and 18. Therefore does my Father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man takes it from me, but I lay it down myself. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it up again. This commandment have I received of my Father. It was a personal sacrifice so that you and I could be free. It gives new meaning to that. It doesn't give new meaning. It gives added meaning to or understanding to the scripture when he says, for whom the Son is made free is free indeed. You've been made free. You've been made free. You've been given ability. Look forward. Go forward. March forward. And the Holy Spirit will work in you, through you, and with you. Grace is always working on your behalf. The manifold grace of God. Enough grace to accomplish every victory that you need in your life. Every victory. Victory over your flesh. Victory over thinking, thinking. Every victory that you need. There's enough grace for it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. When you go into 2021, 20, we, we, listen, all of us has lost loved ones. You know, personally, I've lost so, many, so much family and uh, so many friends to this uh, COVID. Of course, you hear this ridiculousness when people say, well, did they die of COVID? Did they die of COVID? What difference does it make if COVID was involved at all, no matter what kind of weakness they had, they're, they're gone. They suffered, they're gone. There's a lot of hurt and a lot of pain and people suffered a lot of things. I'm here to tell you, each and every one that lost someone, the same Jesus that came to die for you, he is your peace. He is your strength. He's your wisdom. He's your righteousness. He's your sanctification. And he's your redemption. He will undergird you and he will saturate you with peace if you keep your mind stayed on him. If you'll trust him. Don't look at back in 2020 and all those negative things that have happened in the past, but look forward to the blessing of the Most High God that is yours. And as you continually grow and grow and grow in his word and you have a desire to be obedient to his will, You desire transformation, you desire a renewed mind, he will lift you up. He will surely answer you. They that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall what? They shall be filled. He will fill you up and he'll fill you to the overflow. Amen? Do you believe it this morning? Yes, amen. 2020 is gone. A lot of things have happened. You know, and some people, have, you know, God has blessed us and, and even prospered us through 2020. You know, we've, we've, you know, whatever downs we had, we had so many, many, many more ups. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. But you have to be constantly reminded that he is your God. You have to be constantly reminded of what the Psalms 23 says. The 23rd Psalms. He says, uh, let's read it together. Uh, and then I'm going to end here. But the 23rd Psalm says, Yea, though, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores. You know, your God's a restorer. He's a restorer. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley, which is this valley, this earth, not when you die and go, you know, 
Because he said, be out in front of body, be present with the Lord. So you ain't no valley. Yea, though I walk through the valley in the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You know, the word of God and the spirit of God brings us comfort. Yeah. Because when we speak the word of God, it brings the ability of God. Do you know the word of God? As long as you speak the word of God, that's settled in your heart. I'm not talking about just rambling off scriptures that are in your head and wishing and hoping that one of them will stick. I'm talking about the word of God that's settled in your heart, the word that you believe will always produce the power of God. Amen. Amen. Thou shalt prepare, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my and my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over, and surely goodness and mercy shall follow me when I get to heaven. Ain't that what it says? Is that what it says, honey? So you know they ain't talking about when you die. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Well, glory to God. Well, I hope you were blessed this morning. We're not looking back. We're pressing on. We're moving forward. Because our God has given us the strength. He gives us the ability. Those things are already there for the taking. Not for the begging. For the taking. These things, if you want to look back, look at the past tense of what Jesus has done for us in the present tense and in the future tense. Yes. If you want to look back, look at the past tense of his word. Yes. Yes. The scripture says in Ephesians 1, 3, he hath past tense, blessed us with what? All spiritual uh, uh, blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Yes. It says he have done it. He, in the scripture says he has delivered us. That means we have already been delivered. We have to walk in our deliverance. Amen? Amen? Amen. So if you want to look at the past, look at the past tense of his word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, God bless you, and God, let God build himself in you. Look up, look forward, desire his will to become obedient to what he says is good, to what he says is true, to what he says is real, to desire his will for your health, desire his, for, uh, his will for your family, amen? Glory to God. Well, hallelujah. Have a blessed and wonderful week, and, uh, and we praise God. We'll see you next week. Amen. Amen.